0: What up, world? Welcome to another episode of Architects, where we speak to the architects of art, the leading voices of music video, filmmaking, and beyond. Individuals shaping the culture of our past, present, and future. I'm Taj Krishlow. Today's guest has quickly become one of the hottest hip-hop directors around. Growing up in Nigeria and England, he initially had his sights set on the NBA, playing college basketball at Campbell and Bellarmine University. After getting derailed by injuries, he pursued a career as a rapper while working for his brother, Ludi, a music video and film producer. His first break came after meeting our very own director X. He played X his self-directed music videos in hopes of promoting his rap career. But X saw something else. Soon, he became X's treatment writer, coming up with concepts for music videos. His real breakthrough moment came when he got the opportunity to direct a music video for the Atlanta rap trio, Migos, for a little song called Bad and Bougie. The music video was an instant hit and now boasts over 1 billion views on YouTube. Since then, he has worked with some of rap's biggest superstars, Little Baby, Young Thug, Storm Z, Hitty One, Little Uzi Vert, and more. So please give a warm welcome to my man, Daps.
1: What's going on with you, Daps? How you been, though? I'm
2: cool, bro. Staying busy, staying alive. Yes, so you uh, say you're you're in Atlanta, you
1: know, and I know you were just in London. You've been moving around a lot, so was. what's going on in Atlanta? What's happening? You know, I'm not sure if you're allowed to, you know. Atlanta,
2: what's going on here? Is- a lot of chicken wings, a lot of guns, <laughs> a lot of hookah. That's what's happened there. Nice.
1: Now, <laughs> how often do you, how often, is Alana, nah, you mentioned that you're you're working on a secret project. I'm not sure if you're allowed to spill those beans, but is Atlanta going to be like your,
2: is is Alana going to be your new base? Uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be between here and LA, you know, but I feel like either city I'm in, I'm going to be traveling a lot anyway. Yeah, well. To your so, point, you go where the you go where the work is, right? Right, right, right. But but there's some things I want to do business wise in uh, ATL that aren't really possible with the scope for LA. So here, here here's my here's my base for now, but I'll be in LA
1: monthly. Got it. So it's the point of this conversation. I want people to get to know you. You know the man behind the lens. And let's talk about you know your background, your come up. You know you're a, a man of Nigerian descent, and a man that's traveled a lot. You know, I'm seeing places like Kentucky and, and uh, London, of course. And let's talk about that, man, about just all this traveling and all these different places you lived and and what that has done for you in terms of shaping and, and, and molding your, your, your mind in terms of your creativity. I'm curious to kind of get a thoughts on that, because I would say when you travel and live in different places and customs and culture it just gives you you know ideas and inspirations and all these different things so i'm just curious to kind of know how that has
2: impacted you just as an artist yeah for sure i feel like when you read about places you know in a magazine or a blog or you hear it from secondhand info it only gives you a certain aspect of it it's never going to be a well-rounded accurate representation of that place but when you go there and you can feel the nuances and hear the nuances and see people's way of life. That is truly some of the best education you can ever get. And some of it can be applied in different ways, even though you went there for this reason, you know, on the outcome, you can then receive this information that can be applied to this field or that field. So I've lived in four different countries. I've lived in, you know, I'm Nigerian, but I don't think I've had a typical Nigerian upbringing of a, super sternness and you have to be an engineer or a doctor or else you're right. a failure. You know, you know my, mom's a, my mom was a pro athlete, you know, and then my dad, my dad's a writer. Uh, he's, a, he's like a journalist and a political commentator. So that alone already is my, you know, that's very atypical of a Nigerian upbringing. And then there was a lot of, um, what do you call it? There was a lot of uh, importance placed on extra curricular activities growing up. So like, you can't be in the house just going to school. Like, are you playing an instrument? Are you messing around with videos? Are you acting? Are you playing ball? Are you, I mean, are you hooping? Like, what is it? So it's not just about the traveling for me. It's just about the general scope of how I grew up and the influences around me, be it siblings, older siblings, be it family members, parents, uncles, aunties, whatever. That plus the uh, traveling around a lot, you know, I've lived in Nigeria more than once. I've lived in London more than once. I've lived in Spain for a little bit. Um, I've lived all over America when I was when I was playing ball. You know, I went from I went from the block in London to a farm in Connecticut wow. for my last year of high school. You know, I went from one of the biggest projects in London to literally a farm. Like there was beef, cows and chickens and beef, <laughs> like hawks, ch- chicken chicken hawks beefing the chickens, coyotes beefing the chickens, oh, who's milking the cow, who's killing the mouse in the basement, all kind of shit. So so that alone, just that crazy switch in lifestyle from city to Country, country. I was like, oh, shit. Then I was there for a year. North Carolina. And I was also in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Um, Buick's Creek, North Carolina, when I, was, when I was playing ball out there. And then that was also a wake-up call as well, just seeing that way of life. Because you hear about the South and the Deep South. I mean, that wasn't Deep, Deep South, but that was South enough. Um, and, you know, you hear stories about people being the way they are, whatever, down there. But then when I was there, it was some of the nicest people I've ever been around wow. in my life. yeah, I I didn't have one incident of race or whatever whatever issue Um, very giving, you know, Southern Southern hospitality just really nice people but, you know, but also on my college campus, there's kids flying Confederate flags in the window and I'm next to the cotton field and tobacco and I'm thinking, oh shit, this must have been interesting 200 years ago Um, so but then now as an adult, I'm like Huh. Was everyone nice because they were nice or they were nice because I was shooting, shooting shooting hoops. After that, I got I got, I got my masters from Kentucky. I was in a college called Bellarmin. I played my last two ball uh, years of ball out there and I got my masters out there as well. Once again, great, great people. Um, lived in New Jersey for a little bit, went back to London and then I was in LA for six years and now in between LA and ATR. So Mad, 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 yeah. mad. So
1: through this through this journey you know,
2: of course, traveling.
1: Initially, it was for sports. You know, you taking that that DNA passed down from your parents to you to kind of follow that. Where did you get
2: this this love for filmmaking? Where did that? Where did Where did you develop that gene? I, I would say that I've always had sign in me. That was always creative, and it wasn't always about film. It was just about creating right. in general. So the first times I remember creating stuff was. I used to design trainers, like you know, like sneakers. So, you know, I have them, I have them upstairs somewhere. I've got designs that I thought I was going to work for Nike. I have designs where I was just drawing stuff thinking, yeah, I'm going to be a Nike designer. Um, that's the first time I remember actually being creative by myself without anyone saying, hey, do this. And after that, I've always had a very musical family. So I've got a brother that's a producer. I've got uncles that were in bands. I've got this uncle, that uncle that played this instrument or whatever. So after that I would say it was music next. Making beats, uh rapping. And that was the main thing. And in my head I thought, I'm going to the NBA or I'm getting or I'll be a rapper. Those are the two options. Uh, but the whole time I'm playing ball in college, I'm making mixtapes all the way through. I I've, I've got several mixtapes that I've had since I was a kid till now where so the whole time I'm either making beats or engineering or uh rapping. You know what I'm trying to say? So I've always been creative in terms of the output, and then in terms of film, I've always been heavily interested in film, but as a consumer. Uh, but I'll say having, once again, creatives around me, whereas my older brother O.T. as an actor, um, I was watching adult films since I was a kid. Not adult in terms of like porn, adult in terms of just, you know, like not for kids. But I'm taking it in and I'm being, and I'm breaking it down from a young age, whether it's having discussions or convos or arguments about stuff, whether it's 1992, White man Can't Jump, I'm a little kid when I came out. I'm young, young. You know what I mean? Or whether it's Reservoir Dogs, or Casino, or Goodfellas, or whatever. But I'm watching these as, or Scarface, watching these, you know, these films as like kids, kids. Um, So I always had a love for film and the industry in that sense. And I would say when it when it when it uh, came to me actually making film stuff, that didn't come until my twenties. I never made. Any real film stuff until my twenties, other than I tried to start a rap blog called HeavySpitter.com, where I'd go around interviewing rappers and then like recording their freestyles. But that's not creating content; that's just holding a camera while they rap to the camera. That was maybe when I was nineteen, right. twenty. So yeah, I would say the whole film, film stuff in terms of me creating that came. But came to a lot me, later.
1: that's. But I'll be honest; I wouldn't. I wouldn't just. I wouldn't disregard that because if you think about. No it's because totally of think about it, it this not. way. the fact that you wanted to create this this blog and mm. and capture rappers rapping that to me mm. is storytelling yeah. right so it's sure. it's it's, sure. it's one of those kind of things where you're going through this maze of life where we're trying to figure out what what we're trying to do, what we're trying to do what where I want to be, and even though you have all these talents and you've seen all these things around you, but you don't realize you picking up that camera was was the, 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 was the seed that was planted that now has gotten yeah. me here today, right? Just like with X, when I met yeah, X, he yeah. was a poet. He, was the, he used to do slam poetry, and his spark was he shot a poetry video that got a lot of reaction from people, and he's like, Hey, wow. hey I, I think I can do this thing. And that's when he started studying Hype Williams, right, blah, right, blah blah, blah, right. blah. So it's kind of, again, this is your Spider-Man moment. Where you you've always sure. kind of dabbled in the arts, you've always liked music, sports, lifestyle, which we're going yep. to get into further in this conversation. But if you look at how how things turn, you know, you're shooting commercials uh, and and you're doing yeah. music videos, and now you're getting in now yeah. to you know into now long form stuff now, right? So it's like this is this yeah, is yeah. literally in your DNA, which is which is incredible. But I just wanted to kind of highlight that. Um, well, what did happen though, Daps? Because you said you were, you know, playing basketball and dabbling with rapping. So, when did film actually come into the equation?
2: I've always been a rapper, and I still am. I never, I never will stop nice. being a rapper. Um, so that that has never changed. I'm just not a famous rapper, that's all. Um, but in terms of playing ball, I went through so many injuries that it just didn't become fun anymore. You know, knee injuries, uh, back stuff, and then. The appeal of playing pro overseas in Europe and Asia just wasn't just didn't really get me grab my gears, you know. I've seen friends that do it. I have friends that still do it. I know this to them, that's their life and what they can handle and what they can take. But it just didn't appeal to me to be have my life and belonging strewn all over the world in deep Eastern Europe in some second tier league and then next year you're in this person and then fighting with Asians and doing this and doing that. It just wasn't right. appealing to me. So in my head, if I, ca- if I can't play in the league, I ain't playing. So, and that's how I treat my life now, With even with film. I want to compete against the players in the league. I want to play in the league. Whatever, whatever field I'm in, I want to be in the league, you know? So it wasn't like when I, when I uh, stopped playing ball after my degrees, it wasn't some doom and gloom thing of, oh, what am I going to do now? I've always had something that I loved as much as basketball, which is creating right. stuff. So when I stopped playing ball, it wasn't like my life has ended. I've been making stuff, I've been creative. So it was just my, okay, this is not gonna go and going where I see it going. Let me switch gears to my other shit that I like doing anyway.
1: So how did that happen? Like what was switching gears? What were your early film pursuits uh, looking like?
2: My early film pursuits, I would say, once again, is that blog I was doing, heavyspitter.com. So that's me running around with the camera. You know, I was in like Chicago, Jersey, New York, just just so, sorry, no, um London. Um, and then after that, my brother Luti, he has his own production company, Luti Media. And he founded that, what, a good 15, 16 years ago. And that's been a little while. So he was doing this whole film stuff before I was. So I think the first time I remember me actually doing something on that scale was uh, me being in New Jersey and then this rapper from London wanting to do a video uh, in New York and Luti's like yeah can you help me produce this video I'm like I don't know what right. that means he's like well I'm transferring the money to your account figure it out <laughs> and then and then that's the first time I remember doing a video and it was a shit show it was it was for Rage director Rage I was the producer apparently I didn't know what DP was I didn't know what Runner was I didn't know what k was nothing imagine taking someone from just sh- nothing I knew nothing about nothing I didn't know what a camera lens nothing I know nothing it was a shit show. Um, that was super duper thrown in a super deep end. I'd never been a run. I don't know anything about anything. So, 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 Rage definitely helped me out with that, with that production. And he basically helped me out with everything. i booking, booking everyone. So that was a quick learning curve. After that, I think I did one more video with Rage where he had a, like a rock and roll shoot in Pennsylvania somewhere. And I had to drive the rental van to Pennsylvania and back in, in some like cabin somewhere. For some like skateboard video, and I remember Rage giving me like a couple hundred bucks. And I thought, Yo, someone just paid me a few hundred dollars to drive a fucking van to Pennsylvania and back. This is <laughs> like, like, wow, what a good look. Thank you, Rage. Like, I don't know how much it was. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a thousand or nothing, and it wasn't a hundred either. Maybe who knows, three, four hundred or whatever it was. And I'm like, wow, free food, and I can see people playing around with cameras and shit, and like. Have my own bedroom? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Yeah, and then that was like that was right after college, so probably the age twenty twenty-four, after my after my second degree. Yeah, twenty-four probably. Uh, I remember like, okay, this is this is pretty interesting. And then after that, I moved back to London and and then that's where I really got stuck in with Lute media Um, but that was on the production side. But while I'm producing for these directors, whether it's um a Rage or a Ben Peters or uh, Carly and all these, all these people. I'm learning. I'm seeing firsthand what they do. And while I'm producing, it wasn't really for me. And I'm, but I'm doing the job. Like I could do that, and that's way more fun. That's way more to my talents and personality. But getting that first job is 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 very tricky. And a lot of people thought that I got a leg up in London via my brother because they saw what happened in the end. And we're going to get there when I finally, whatever you want to call it, get lit or whatever. But before that, nah, London was a struggle. I wasn't getting any jobs. I, I can count the amount of jobs I have got on one hand in London before I left to America. Like, literally, I, I might have done three videos there, maybe, maybe three. Um, and one of them was because some client hit us up with £500 pound budget. They don't know the difference between who's a director or not. They don't know whatever. So, uh, yeah, that one got slid to me, a £500 pound video. But other than that, yeah, I did one more video for Priacylidus and I forgot who was featuring on it. A rapper. That was, you know, maybe like a one two grand budget or whatever. And after that, yeah, it was my videos for myself. So when I wasn't getting in the door with all these pictures I was doing, writing treatments every day, I did like 30, 40 treatments in a row and I heard 30 and I heard no 30, 40 times in a row. Couldn't book one. So I said I'm taking that into my own hands, and then, you know, this rap shit is really is really me as well. So I'm just gonna direct my own videos. So put some money together. I was getting money, doing other stuff. <laughs> that. That. <laughs> so <laughs> I had a little bit of pocket money laying around. Shot my own, shot my own content, and then I'm back on a rap train in terms of train of thought. But I'm doing it more as a general creative. I thought on some like. Kanye shit Oh where I can do rap And do visuals And do fashion And do And 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 and. So for me it was just like Yeah I'm I'm rapping But I'm I'm still doing the videos And hopefully someone Sees these videos Uh, But in that moment I can't necessarily say My Main focus was to be a filmmaker In that moment Because now I'm on the rap shit It was more about Making videos for myself now Because no one's letting me in So whatever Let me just do my own shit And hopefully It can catch on But it wasn't like Full throttle I'm doing it just because Of the videos It was videos and the rapping and then my brother was director X's UK rep. So X was going out to London sometimes doing videos for, you know, the, yeah. uh, um, um, the wanted yeah. and all that. Um, so I might have met X in London, maybe in the office in passing while I was doing an Excel budget or some shit, who knows? But I don't really recall him in London, but I think I see him in the office one time. But then uh, when Luti and X did the video for Iggy Azalea, Fancy, um, that's when I connected with X so I wrote the treatment for Fancy while I was in London and then I started getting oh yeah that, that was it I started writing treatments here and there getting a little bit of money for that that's when I wasn't with Lutimedia Media full time anymore I was with Luty Media full time for like um, maybe nine months less than a year and then I just jumped shit because I was getting more money not being there doing stuff <laughs> so my money was good where I could. My money was good where I could live without having to be there full time and work on my art and my, my talents. But I'm still writing treatments, so I got one foot in the industry, one foot out, writing treatments. But uh, fancy came about, and then Luti was like, "Yeah, let's go to LA to go to go do this video." So we went to LA, and an X was in an edit session for Drake for a video that didn't come out. I forgot the name, uh, but I remember. Just walking into no, he was in the grade, the grade or edit, edit. It was with um, life, 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 life. Life was editing the Drake video. This was two thousand and fourteen, January fourteen. I remember it. January fourteen. X was editing the Drake video with life, and I walked into this room and I'm like, yo, I thought I was in this big edit suite, was the size of like. A cinema or some shit. I'm like, yo, there's levels to this shit. <laughs> like, you guys are just here solo dolo ordering drinks and food and luxury luxuries. <laughs> food and sustenance. <laughs> um, and I'm like, wow, this, this is really cool, man. Like, they have all this space and this giant movie screen to edit a fucking video. Right, this is mad. So I thought, but right now I'm in rap mode. So even though I wrote the treatment for... For fancy, yeah. I'm telling X. And I don't know X like that. He just knows me as Lucy's brother. But one thing I regret about me and Luti did a documentary for Kanye in two, in uh, 2012. Oh shit, the NDA for that? I don't know. Whatever. We did a documentary in 2012. It never came out. He has the he has the footage somewhere on a secret hard drive in Blender headquarters. But um, <laughs> back then, 2012, I'm one of the producers on the uh, documentary. I was around Kanye every day for 60 days, bro. Like at least five days a week, I'm around him, right? And I'm seeing Virgil doing Pyrex. And I'm seeing Fabian Montique doing photography, Watch the Throne. I'm in a hotel with them as they're recording Cruel Summer. I'm seeing them in the Lanesboro Hotel with all these rappers and Manny Freshers in this room. And then this producer's in that room and Hit Boys in this room. And then Big Sean is there and -and so-and-so is there. I'm like, yo, this guy has got a music factory. He's literally creating history in front of my eyes. And he had the band, and and he's doing the fashion, he's doing this. And I never said a fucking word to him because I wanted to play my role. And I didn't want to ruin my brother's relationship because it's not my company, it's not my gig. Right. So I didn't want to step out and be like, yo, 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 Kanye, listen. I'm nice, I'm, I'm a rapper, boom, 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 boom. And it haunts me to this day. Like, yo, just, like, just take a risk in it. Like, <laughs> and for two months, and one day, it was Kanye Dolo in the studio, in the fashion studio, whatever. And he's never alone. There was no security, no assistance, no body, no humans, me and him in a big giant room. And I walked in, I was like, here's my shot where there's no distractions. He had a good day. He's cool, in a good mood. I could have just pressed play on my shit like, yo, my nigga, listen, I'm lit. What's popping? I'm trying to get down with good music. And so this day, that shit haunts me, man. Like, but I don't feel that bad because, once again, it wasn't my, it wasn't my gig. And I've seen how other people around got, got axed because they didn't play their position. I saw that firsthand. So I didn't want to get axed. And more importantly, I don't want, want my brother's company to get axed that some, any subordinate guy is coming to the head honcho talking about, listen to my shit. So there's this battle of... We could have heard you on Donda. never know. we could have heard me on Cruz Summer. So, to me, it was this battle of when do you speak out and, and gamble versus playing your position and hierarchy and... Yeah, I'm trying to say it was a weird thing, man, and it always haunted me. Like, yo, I was in a room with Kanye West for like for an hour at 11 p.m., and no one could stop me to say, "Yo, bro," and I, and then I didn't do that. I was like, "Fuck, man, what a loser." <laughs> so then, fast forward 2014, I see X. I'm like, shit, I'm not not taking a shot no more. So, like, your ex, listen, man, I know you know Drake. I know that's your boy. Look, I'm a rapper. Here's my songs. Let me let me uh, play you my play my videos. But I'm playing the videos so you can hear the songs. To give to Drake, <laughs> that, was, that was my goal in my head. And then I played my I played him like a few videos, and he's like, "That's not me and Drake's relationship. I don't meddle in his music stuff." You know what I mean, but these videos, yeah, these are hard. Yeah, from now on, you work with me. I was like, uh, "All right." Cool. <laughs> so one door closed, so, yeah, art, another blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 even though I'd only done the fancy treatment for him. Mind you, Drew and Fancy, we weren't even in cahoots like that. I was getting notes through my brother. I I, I didn't even know him. Um, And after that, just started writing more treatments. But I'm in London still. And that moment, call it February 2014, for the rest of 2014, I'm writing treatments for Director X while I'm in London on my phone. I'm making money writing treatments. I thought it was like, is is this a trick or something? I'm getting money just to write on my phone. Like, what? ipad not ipad but laptop or phone i'll be in the kitchen on the block and then x ain't not winning the job out of every 10 pictures x is going to win most of them because <laughs> this was the justin bieber drake days like yeah. toronto sign happened where toronto stars aligned for you guys and then the universe said toronto so back then yeah x was hitting his job so therefore i'm making money because he's winning the jobs you know what I mean? right which other videos were you writing I was, I was writing um Wiz Khalifa, staying out all night. I was writing Jennifer Hudson that video. Uh, Ti Iggy um, no mediocre. Uh, Iggy Black Widow, um, and then my job that didn't go through. But these jobs I was getting money for writing and doing treatment, and then money on top if it booked. I was making I was making good money. Like it was it wasn't it wasn't light. It was good money for sitting down and writing on your phone and your computer. I thought, wow, this is mad still, but life is, life, is, life is funny because the more you write, and I'm telling people I'm a director, they don't fucking believe you. You're the treatment writer, bro, because that's what they know you as. nothing wrong with that. There are certain clients, sorry, there are certain people now that I'm around, they will never ever see me as a director, even though I've done big things. They know me for what they know me as, and that's their comfort zone with me for some reason. So it's interesting that I had to fall back from writing treatments. Just for people to believe me when I say I'm a director. And I have to turn down those easy paychecks and say no. And I have to lie when they said, are you you busy? I'll say, yeah, I'm busy. And I wasn't. (laughs) And I'll turn down the free money. Not free money, but I'll turn down the easy money. Just so in your psyche, when you think about me, don't think about no treatment. Think about a director. Um, But yeah, that... That 10 with old ex was dope. Went to Brazil with him and my uh, brother. And then it all kicked off when I got to do second unit on the Iggy video he did for Black Widow. Uh, huge video, huge budget. Um, Three-day shoot in Hollywood. Crazy. Big-time Hollywood cameos, Oscar winners. You know what I'm saying? you got people that was in the movies that I watched when I was a kid. Paul Savino, Michael Madsen. This is A-list talent in Hollywood. Big time. And I'm seeing... You know, Ti and and Rita Ora and Iggy and all these people. 2014, it was like whoa, and that budget was whoa. (laughs) I had never seen people play with so much money in my life, legally. It was like crazy. I couldn't, I couldn't. Facem it. This is a lot of money. I ain't gonna say how much, but it was a lot. You could do the math. Three day shoot, big A list talent, (laughs) Hollywood pop star. Yeah, it's big budget. And up to then... I had been on, on, on sets that wasn't just just my sets, as me as the artist. A couple hundred pounds here, a couple grand there. That's not really in the league. So when I got to the second, second unit on that video, that came out of nowhere as well. And I got put in the deep end. Uh, and then finally my showreel had something that wasn't me on it. So my showreel was me, 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 earlier. <laughs> and then just Black um, Widow? Yeah, yeah, basically. And it just jumped from me to Black It looked crazy on the showreel. It looked like I was lying. How did it fuck you go from this to that? I went from street ball to the NBA. I jumped high school, jumped college, didn't go pro in Europe. I went from street ball, rocker park to the Lakers. I got drafted by the Lakers from, <laughs> from street ball. That's 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 what it felt like. So so now my real is like, this is a big budget video. It's glossy with big DPs and all this system and art and fashion and it's not fashion, styling, all that kind of shit. So then that helped me book my next job, which was for a UK artist named Daffy. This was um, autumn 14. I don't know, September, October, November, something like that. So then I finally did that budget and that was my biggest budget solo up until that point and I wouldn't have got that job without having the Iggy on my show reel. So I did that video for Daffy and that video did really well. Dope video. Now my show reel is beefing up a little bit. It's Iggy, it's Daffy. Now I'm like, but I'm still not getting love in, in London. So I booked. Yeah, you know what? I can say now, I think, out of every video I did in London prior to moving to LA, the only one that I won was Dappy, that I wrote the treatment for, pitched. They said, yes, we want Daps, and I won it. Every other video I did, whether it was for the 500-pound one or the one for Priya leaders for like 2,000, whatever that was, it was just a backdoor thing of there's no one else available, let him do it type thing. So I finally won a video after pitching for 40 in a row. I heard 40, I had no 40 times, bro. Nope, 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 no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. That's not easy to hear. So I tell creatives, you have to have perseverance in this industry and you're going to hear a lot more no's than you hear yeses. Right. And when you're in this industry, you can't let that dampen your spirits. And it will dampen your spirits, man, because when you do these treatments, it's so hard to do a treatment and you forget the job isn't yours. You forget that you put your pain, sweat, blood, tears, art, hope, finances, everything into this treatment, thinking the job is it's not yours. There's ten other directors pitching. Yep. So, 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 anyone listening to this, just just know that those early stages is a lot of pain and a lot of losses. But you don't really learn from the wins. You you learn more from the losses. Like the wins are cuddly. It's like baby thighs. It's really cute and soft. But the losses are hard in the moment. But that shit that shit that shit molds you as a man as a woman as a human i'll say my biggest lessons i ever learned in life was from a playing basketball and b losing i never learned much from winning bro <laughs> but in the middle of the loss it's pain and suffering but if you make it out of that mud and look back it's like ooh, you're kind of thankful for it
1: this let's talk about your true you
2: know breakout moment in this business um Uh, The breakout moment is interesting, man, because I don't want anyone to think the breakout moment was just... It was. I feel like all the moments... Sure, there's a breakout moment, and I I know what it is, but all the moments before that led up to the breakout moment. And without all the little moments, there is no breakout moment. And and all the little things add up. That's why you always have to attack stuff because you never know who's watching it or who's looking at you or who's going to reference you and say, oh, that's a good kid right there. I like how she... Oh, I like him, how his attitude was boom, boom, you like you just never know. So all the little moments add up to the big moments. Now the breakout moment was I did the Nicki Heaton video with 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 Migos. I met I met Amigos on set. Boom. I did Amigos video for them in London, summer, summer 16 yeah. called Cocoon. Cocoon was a street hit. I mean, it wasn't Masachi's street hit, but it was a street hit. Even now it's got almost hundred million views. It's got like 87 million views. It's, it's a big song. Like- so then after that was Bad & Bougie. That was September 16. Jesus, what year are we in now? 21? Yeah. yeah, five years this month in Atlanta, and here I am. So September 16, I did Bad & Mind you, Bad & when I did it, had about 2 million plays, audio only, on the YouTube. And back, back then, that was kind of an interesting number. It was like, oh, okay, this song is doing pretty interestingly right. well. Featuring this guy named Uzi. (laughs) Um, And then I got a call. They were like, yo, let's shoot this video for Baron Bougie. We're Uzi on it. I'm like, I don't know who Uzi is, but yeah, let's go. I was, I'm like, I wasn't wasn't busy. Flew to ATL and my go-to DOP wasn't available. I don't have any deal. I don't know no one in ATL. I'm calling DPs that fit the budget. I'm calling, calling, calling. My boy Lex is on set next next to a DP named Darren Miller. And I said, X, man. I said, I said sorry, I said, Lex. I need, I need a DP, bro. He's like, when? Tomorrow. <laughs> He's, like, He's, like, He's like, where? ATO. He's like, hold on. I'm gonna set right now. Yo, Darren, what are you doing to, uh, tomorrow? Give me the phone. What's up, Darren? How you doing? Nice to meet you. Well, what's up, bro? What are you doing tomorrow? Nothing. All right, I'm booking your flight. See you, ATO. All right, bye. Bye. Done. I'm in ATO. This is this is, this is is uh, Migos before they signed to, to uh, Capital. So they were still with three hundred. So sort of QC was still with three hundred, right. not with capital. So back then it wasn't the glitz and glamour videos that we're seeing now with luxuries and trailers and security and no. glam squad, Right. time, catering. Yeah, I was in I was in the trenches, bro. When I say I was in the trenches, so were they. I don't want to. There's certain things I can talk about in like two years' time. I guess when the statues of limitations are fast. <laughs> but <laughs> but we're only five years in. We might, do this, con- we might do this convo again in two years. Yeah, 2023, we we'll do part two. <laughs> yeah, we'll do, we'll do part two when there's no statutes. But let's just say we were riding around. And it was a crazy experience. And then the video just went nuts. Bro, the video went mad. I was like, what is this? But, but, but hold on. And but, that was in October. But, but hold yeah. on, Debs. So the concept, talk to me. Because yeah.
1: as we know, like you're a very creative guy. You've written yeah. treatments before. Yeah. How did you get yeah, to that yeah. idea? How did you get to that concept? Was this a collaboration with you and Migos,
2: Quavo? Like, like, talk to us about how you came up with that whole concept. I, I would say I used to pray for Migos without praying for them. Basically, when I was doing pop shit, I'm like, please, God, just give me a rapper to work with. <laughs> and I'm going to fuck this shit up. I said, just give me a rapper that's lit. And I'm going to change the game. I swear. I used to say that. And because back then, I didn't, I didn't feel like a lot of rap... A lot of track street videos were very creative back then. Now, the bigger budget stuff was creative, but street rap videos back then, to me, from what I remember, I could be wrong, from what I remember seeing, they felt kind of the right. same. And I, and I said, God, if you give me a street rapper, I'm going to turn this shit upside down, I swear. To God. <laughs> so, so the street rappers fell in my lap. And for that video, Bad and Bougie... To me, I just did what the title said, bad and bougie. We need They're talking about girls that are good-looking, bad, and they're bougie. They're bougie. Now, there's two options to go down when I hear that. You either put people in bougie environments, which shows how bougie they are, or a lot of my work, which is my thing anyway in general, is juxtaposition. So to make something stand out more, you put it somewhere where it's not supposed to be. So I could have put the bougie girls in a bougie hotel or bougie room. And sure, if you've got a budget to do Great Art Direction, why not? But I said, let's put the bougie girls in the projects, in the hood. And let's, and let's, and let's push that juxtaposition. So now we have the base. So now from the base, you can now start thinking about how do we push that basic concept further. You get the Chanel McDonald's box. You get the uh, girl riding the dirt biking Versace silks and Then you start doing Shit that sounds dumb But it's not dumb As long as it Nobody knows what it means But it's provocative <laughs> It <just> gets <laughs> the people going As long as it, As long as it looks good In it Like And then you just start Flowing with it Now If I did Band a Bougie right now With the budgets I'm doing now Oh my god It would be a mad thing Back then We were just scrapping we were running around Scrapping And back then I wasn't taking Any production fee And back then I wasn't taking No production fee Or my fee My fee was cut a lot in those videos and there was no production fee. I was putting everything back into the videos. So that's how we we got away with murder for a few of those Migos videos in the beginning because I was putting money back into it because I believed in me and I believed in them. And money is not everything. And look what would have happened if I had taken what I was supposed to take. Certain videos wouldn't have looked like that. Facts. So, conceptually... Um, I think Quavo had the idea to do the noodles thing. I think you saw it on a Tumblr page or Instagram page. So right. the noodles thing, let's let's have the girls eating pot noodles. And then that was, that was his idea. And then um, him climbing the billboard was very impromptu. Listen, no permit, no safety, no security. They were climbing the billboard, bro. We pulled up the lighting truck underneath the billboard. They climbed the lighting truck. They pull the ladder down on the billboard, climb the billboard. The girl climbs the billboard. We throw her boots up to her. Ruby Rose. Now she's lit. (laughs) Ruby Ruby Rose was was the lead girl in Balambuja. That's crazy. uh, Yeah, we uh, threw her boots up to her. We we threw Quavo's blunt up. I had to try 20 times to try. Do you know how hard it is to throw a blunt from ground level to billboard level? (laughs) Yo, when it comes to throwing blunts vertically in the air, (laughs) niggas ain't really seeing me i tell you now, if they were hood Olympics, I can't do the crates. But throwing blunts vertically, nobody's really seeing me. The
1: backwards javelin.
2: The backwards <laughs> yo, backwards javelin. You can't really see me. I'm throwing the backwards javelin up to the billboard. He caught it. Boom. And it was lit. I threw it lit, and he caught it lit. That's, That's how crazy. It. You should have, you should have captured that in the video. <laughs> crazy. Anyway, so... Conceptually, we're just like pushing that thing when I, when I had the uh, idea for it. Um, and it went haywire, man. It started growing and it was a slow grower and it grew and grew. October, boom. November, boom. December. It's number, it's, 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 the views are stupid and it's not dying down. It's one of those songs that you don't get bored of. Even when I hear right now, it's, it's hard to get bored of, man. Raid it was, no,
1: it was, a, it was one
2: dress. of those, Like to your point, it was a It was a snowball.
1: Mm-hmm. That kept getting bigger, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what was fun about it, it was a fun video. You're watching these guys in this elements. You're combining these two worlds because let's look at let's look at the fashion world, right? All mm-hmm. these top fashion designers. What do they do? They borrow from our culture. They borrow from our streets, our street aesthetic, our our energy. You know, and that's what it was that's why that record became what it was because bad and bougie, and it's it's just it just has so many definitions, but I love the fact that it was mm. raw and it was fashionable. Um, talk about working with little Uzi because that video was a big one for him yeah. as well because that was yeah, kind of like yeah, his, yeah. it was also his breakup moment.
2: So how was yeah Ooh, that kind of raw four fifty eight? Yeah, back then I didn't know who he was until the video. I'm like, oh, raw, right. but his energy on set, I'm like, he's got this rock star thing about him going on. And even the way he's performing, ooh, ooh, it the shoes. Yeah, what kind of? What That's a doing the shoulder shuffle for everyone who can't see. I'm doing the shoulder shuffle right now on video people. <laughs> ooh, what kind of Rari? Four, 58. I was like, yo, this guy is fucking wavy. Once again, like you said, it was growing. And yeah, I think that did put him on the map in a different sphere, right? Uzi. Um, January 17th. December sixteen. I shoot t-shirt video. January 17, T-shirt hasn't dropped yet. Bad and bougie isn't slowing down. It was number two on the charts. It was going to go number one. And to your point about cultural, cultural uh, uh, content, Taj is. There's only been a few times in rap history where someone has, the clubs unlock, the charts unlock, and the streets unlock. You can have two of those, the club and the streets, but right. not the charts. Or the, or the chart and the clubs, but not the street. To have right. the street, the club, and the charts, yeah. Migos, 50 Cent, I don't know, someone else or, or two three people. Because it's just very rare to have that combo, bro. It was a magical moment. And the way they put out their content... Whether it's Handsome and Wealthy, Versace, they've had hits, by the way, (laughs) big hits before, Handsome and Wealthy, look at my dad, Versace, Hannah Montana, but they were doing content the way I looked at it, how Nelly did his content, down, down, baby, not that they were similar in cadence or music, they're not, but in the approach, they're making street content consumer-friendly. If you go on Genius and read Nelly's lyrics for that song, he's talking so reckless. <laughs> but, yo, he's talking so reckless, you would not believe what he's saying. But he masked it in the melody. He's talking reckless. Right. 50 did the same thing with In The Club. Go, 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 shorty, it's your birthday. Go read the lyrics. 20 knives in the club. Someone's getting poked tonight. Someone's getting stabbed. I guess stepped up. So, <laughs> so what's funny is that it's this, it's this weird world of. So that's what I tried to do with the video, and I said, "Please God, give me a rapper, and I will make this shit hot." Because I also wanted to make street content palatable to non-street audiences. Someone asked me, "Oh, Dak, what would you do? Good?" I said, "I make street shit look good. Like that's why I like doing." So Did I it. feel like that's why I took 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 into those videos. So T-shirt was January 17. And in my videos, unless it's a concept for a heist or robbery scene right. or whatever, I don't really like showing straps and drugs in the video. I'm not going to be the guy with hundred guns out in the video, unless you had a hundred man unit in your robbery, or so <laughs> the bank heist. So let's, but, talk up, let's, yeah. talk about, let's talk about
1: t-shirt because I remember mm-hmm. for me, what I loved about that video was the fact that here it is, you have mm-hmm. these guys in a different environment. It was it was interesting because you know you have these guys in the cold I'm Canadian so I can relate to that mm-hmm. you know <laughs> So they got this kind of like they're hunters they're in the chalet like you know cuz like you said you could have just now for that concept you could have just literally gone street shit right right you know 17, white t-shirt, same color
2: t-shirt. right yeah.
1: you could have gone you could have gone hood so what was the inspiration behind that well, concept but it was
2: hood and it was street right because all the snow was all the cocaine, and all the bows and arrows were all the guns. So I gave you street content uh, without giving you street content. It was street, but I took the street and made it palatable. So now anybody can play and have fun, singing Seventeen Five, same color t-shirt, yay! That's what about coke? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 so for me in general, it's, it's about making street content. Easy, Easier to consume. Right. And you, you create so these. Flagrant. And then your visuals
1: were like metaphors to everything you're speaking about. It's because it's so crazy. Until you just broke Correct. that down to me, I didn't even, that went over my oh, head. Oh, no, it's
2: getting more. I know. I'm breaking down even more. T-shirt is a parallel trap universe. Go to the dictionary right now and type in trapper and tell me what comes up. I'll do it for you. Just so you know, I'm not capping. Google.com, trapper. Trapper, a person who traps wild animals, especially for their fur. Mm. So T-shirt is based off, off what? The revenant. The people in the revenants are what? Trappers. Right. So T-shirt is trappers trapping while trapping. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and all the snow is all the white and all the bone narrows are all the straps. So it's a parallel trap universe. You're trapping while trapping, while making trap music, while trapping.
1: That's crazy.
2: Taj's brain just exploded. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so that was a moment. Then Donald Glover went on Golden Globe. He won an award for Atlanta, boom, boom, boom. And his speech, he said, Band of the greatest song ever. The stream, the next day, went up 500, 510,
1: 20%. It was a moment, man. It was a moment. It was, it a-, was a moment, bro. Yeah. What you did with those guys, again, you captured a moment and that became a, 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 a pop culture moment where people are like, yeah. oh, bad and bougie. That was just what it was. It just became yeah. that kind of yeah. thing. And like you said, that's what really cemented them. But I still love the fact that even though they are now you know, gaining you know, pop status, they still were maintaining their street relevance by – Right, speaking what they're speaking, but like you said, you created yes. this. You created this painting where it's like my kids watching it. Oh, All right, cool. Right. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. they're <laughs> in the snow with some hot girls. This is cool. Not realizing right. that the metaphor is on some Scarface shit. You know what I mean? Right, um, right,
2: right. Which I thought so, was really so, fun. So it was a, it was a it was a that that was the turning point in my career. Was that week of Bad and Bougie going number one, and two, three days later, T-shirt video came out. Bum. It was, it was a one week. I can't explain it, bro. It was so magical. It was a one week of Migos Tornado, and everyone just got out the way. Right. And you're going to get run over. No one dropped right now. It's long for you. Right. And that shit dropped. T-shirt dropped. Bro, people were hitting my phone. Vogue was writing about it. Um, noisy. Uh, no, uh, um, someone from Noisy said, Disney's an Oscar. Um, Vogue was right about the outfits. And I'm thinking, wow, this is getting reach. Mm. And Bad and & Bougie is number one at the same time. And T-Shirt came back. And when they dropped T-Shirt, they didn't drop the audio. The record label only dropped the video. If you wanted to hear the song, you had to watch the video. Smart. It wasn't available. Smart. It wasn't available. Smart. I'm like, yo, someone hacked IMDb and said I directed The Revenant. That's how deep it got. They were hacking IMDB, bro. So so, so for me, that week was so intense. My phone was like a hot cake where I couldn't even... Yo, ring, ring. My phone was ble- blinging off. And that, to me, was my breakout moment. January seventeenth, The first week of January 17, 2000. Yeah, January 17. And I remember it clearly. And that was a turning point in my career, factually. Crazy. So let's talk about... Let's talk, let's talk about the next big
1: bump. Again, another... Migos video with another big superstar. You know, he just recently dropped his new album, which is breaking records, streaming records. Again, our boy <laughs> from Toronto, Drizzy Drake. So Drizzy. now this, this collaboration was fun, different. Walk it, like it, walk it, like it, talk it. Right. Um,
2: hey, hey, hey. T-
1: so talk about that whole experience, because to me, when I heard the song, I was like, "Okay, this is interesting. What are they going to do with it?" And yeah. again, <laughs> again, you went, you know, a lot. Of, what I love about what you do is anything that's going to seem, oh, it's going to probably go here. You go the other direction. So, you created this really fun, lighthearted. We, we that
2: was a we that one, right? That wasn't. That wasn't. That wasn't. That wasn't my idea. Got it.
1: So talk. So talk about wow. that. Talk. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. That whole experience, yeah. making that video, working yeah. with these guys now with a whole new found yeah, yeah, fame, yeah. and then of course so, their their buddy, their collaborator, yeah. their Versace collaborator Drake. How was that whole experience?
2: Right, right, right. And Drake wasn't in the Versace video. No. So that was the first video they did together. Now that was culture two. Mind you, culture one, I did basically every video, right? Culture two, they're now at a new label. Culture two, the first single was what? Nikki, Cardi, Amigos. Mm-hmm. Maybe wrongfully so, <laughs> but i assumed it was my duty to do that video. Mm. I thought I have suffered and gone to the ends of the earth and taken pay cuts for the last year. Right. And we are and we are finally with but T shirt wasn't big budget. Right. Bad and bougie wasn't big budget. Slippery was okay. Budget. Like we were still with the independent side type type shit. We were just getting by and I'm putting shit back into the videos because it made sense. Right. You invested in so you invested was,
1: in the project, you invested in them. You the, but, you the I, ROI. but no one
2: knew but no one knew I was doing that. Right. Nor did I say I was doing they it. Never do I it. didn't need They're points n- for it or clarification. Whatever. Who cares? I'm doing it because I want to do it. Right. I want not me to do it. No one force me. Cool. I wanna do it, I'll do it again. I still do it. <laughs> so, 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 for me, I thought when that thing came out, I didn't even pitch on it. Mm. Now, the boys weren't aware I didn't pitch on it. There was some, whatever happened, happened. I'm not naming names name of the pointing fingers. a long time ago, nor do I care. But I didn't pitch on it. I didn't, I wasn't even aware. Mud. And the, and the budget was disrespectful. The budget was, was, was nice. And I thought, wow, all these, all these things I did, and I didn't get to pitch on it. I, I was a bit tight, not at them. It wasn't them, right? I, so I called someone at, at whatever place I called, <laughs> and I said, it's kind of crazy that I didn't get to pitch on this. I'm not saying give me the job. I'm saying let me pitch, and tell me no, you didn't win it because you like this idea better. I can live with that. Right. I didn't get to even sniff it so I was like damn man so that was that was a little dampening to my little spirits Um, but one thing I'll say throughout all of this we've had our little whatever whatever. but Quavo is one of the realest guys in the industry and he's a solid solid guy and he'll tell you exactly how it is and what's happening and what's not happening and throughout all this Hollywood shit all this industry shit salute to Quavo Salute to the whole Migos, but me and Quavo uh, talk more on a uh, creative level. So, salute to him in terms of how uh, genuine and real he is. Right. So that will that, that, say. So, I think the next single after that was Stir Fry. I pitched on that. I didn't win it. The video came out dope. I think the Asian director did it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good video. Yeah, dope video. David, yeah, 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 yeah. Dope video. Um uh, I pitched on it, I didn't win it. When I saw the video come out, I'm like, hands off. Great video. No problem. I didn't win it. And that and that and the output. I have seen videos I pitched on that I didn't win. And it came out not, not them, I'm just saying in general. Right. And I didn't win it. And I'm like, that shit was whack, man. That shit was barge. That shit was hot garbage. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. I said, you should have fucked with me on that one. That's happened bad time. But that one there, yeah, that was a hard video. The third single was Walk It, Talk It. Then City Girls was coming out around the same time. I remember. Yeah. City Girls. So P from QC was like, yo, I need you to, to help me do the City Girls. Video. I'm like, yeah, sure. Let me let me hear the music. Cool. I heard the music. Um, I was like, um, I don't... I see where this is going, but I don't really get it. Get it. He's like, trust me, they're going to blow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I like what I'm hearing, but I don't really see who the target audience is. <laughs> I would, shit I, was wrong. It was wrong. Hit, no. shit was really wrong. I would be a horrible. Would, yeah. Because remember, I'm a rapper's rapper. Right. So city girls now and city girls then are two different rappers. Yeah. They can they can rap rap now. Right. They got they got they got the flow, the delivery, cadence, the breathing. Back then, it was a bit, it wasn't hitting the, the bars like, like it is now. But I liked them as people then, and I liked the energy and what they were saying. I was like, oh, like they're, they're still dope individuals, though. I'm like, yo, but I ain't going to lie to you, though, that Migos Drake video. I need that. <laughs> and I don't really tell clients that kind of stuff. Like, I don't, I've, I've never told a client, let's do a video, and we did a video, ever. I've I've met all kinds of people from all walks of life, big, small, medium. I've never looked at someone and said, "Hey, nice <laughs> to meet you." I'm Dax. Oh yeah, by the way, let's work, and then we work. But Jay, but happened. but
1: look, but this is this is a lesson to you, right? Because yeah. going back from the early part of this conversation, when you had your moment right there, you and Ye, you could have had that conversation. Okay, <sighs>
2: pain, and, pain and suffering, pain and suffering.
1: Look, because well, one thing, one thing. One thing, Dabs, I've learned. Mm. Hey, man, if I take a shot on net, if it gets in, great. If it doesn't get in,
2: I know. That's fine. I know, and that's how I live my life now. But in that moment, I didn't want to ruin my brother's shit. No, I get it. I get it. But the irony yeah. is,
1: on some eight mile shit, you have that one moment. Yeah. You never know if you're gonna get that moment yeah. again, right? Yeah, because the one go, shot Did not make a chance to lose. Yeah, like you never, you never promised that. So the fact, no. the fact that. You're not. The fact that you put that energy out there and then now they're like, here you go. Because you understand our business. There's no loyalty in our fucking business, right? We've been there. I've seen it many times. I've seen directors giving their director's fees. I've seen production companies take no fees. We take a bath. We go in there. That loyalty gene sometimes has amnesia when it comes time around. And it's like, okay. Now we got that mm. the budget. Let's go now. And all of a sudden. Not, uh, not, I don't know I, not to everybody. Statement. Not to everybody. Not to everyone. Not to everyone. No, no. I don't, know, I don't know how I feel about that
2: statement in general. Talk to me about that then. I agree. And I agreed more years ago. But nobody owes me anything, bro. Facts. It's just Facts. business. You're not my dad. You're not my mom. You don't owe me. And I don't owe you. Right. It's just business. If it makes sense, it makes sense. Now, that's being super dry and cutthroat. But it would be nice, of course, to have <laughs> things reciprocated because I because I live my life like that. If you look out for me, I owe you. Um, So that statement, I get it, but I've also been there where I was doing the low-budget, low-budget. This DP was fucking with me. I couldn't afford to pay him. I paid him a couple hundred here and there just to... And then when I got on to the budget, I said, finally, I can put him on. I couldn't put him on. The label said, hell no, you ain't using him. And in the beginning, I didn't have that clout or showroom to argue with the but label. But hold on, but hold on, though. But to your point. I'm I, coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Okay, go ahead, I'm go coming. Ahead. Let me line, let me line, let me line, let me line. Right. Now, when I'm in the budget uh, lanes and I'm doing shit comfy, till now, why haven't I used him? He looked out for him for me. Without him, I couldn't have done my first shits. And without my first shits, I couldn't have got my big shits. So till now, I'm in position. Why haven't I reached back and said, hey, bro, thank you all those years ago for when you looked out for me? I should be putting them on, right? I'm not a bad person. I'm not selfish. I put niggas on every day. Why not him? If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. So it's not so black and white. There's a lot of gray when it comes to that whole loyalty thing. Facts.
1: You're right. You're right. That's a really, really, really strong point. So tell the listeners, you hear that?
2: It's just business. (laughs) (laughs) It's just business, baby. It's just business, baby. But I make my business personal too. Because for me, it's deeper than business. Because I've done stuff for artists that no director has ever done in history. And it gets kind of deep. So I, I take things personal. If you look out for me, I'm looking out. If you don't do it in return, I don't hold it against you. It's just it's just it's, it's cool. You, just because you act this way doesn't mean I have to. But I keep people in a certain boxes, I know who to mess with a certain way, whatever, whatever. But I've gone to the ends of the earth for some people. I've I've done stuff that was very risky for some artists, bro. Um that I can't say. So, you know, everyone, everyone has different, different, different strokes. Mad, mad, um, mad. Yeah, very mad, very mad, very mad.
1: And talk about, let's talk about artists. Now,
2: well, hold on, because we didn't, do we want to talk about the actual video? Which video? Walk It, Talk It. Oh, Walk It, Talk It. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> walk It, Talk It. I had, I had another idea for it. It was a rush job. Drake was only available on this day. So was the Migos. If you don't do it on this day, you're fucked. The video got confirmed on a Tuesday. We shot it on that Friday. Wow. Rush job. The treatment, you could you could read it in six seconds. It was one page on a phone. The treatment was literally a page. A page. <laughs> and Coach K was watching The Get Down on Netflix. Mm. And then he was like, yo, let's do Soul Train. When I was younger, I used to watch the shit, Soul Train shit. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm like, oh, that's hard. So when I heard that, then I took it and started doing my Soul Train research. I started figuring out which episodes I wanted to tailor it behind, the, the color scheme, the outfits. Then, then I got into it. But the initial initial idea, yeah, I think that was Coach K man. Crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. But then I combined that with some 80s Soul Train was more 70s, but then I combined some of my 80s stuff in there as well. Like from the I took I took elements from Bad. The bad video, I feel like. Oh no! As well. Okay. Um, yeah, just little bits and bobs like that. So that video was a combination of a few Soul Train episodes, and then you know we had then, then after that you know then we start putting our heads together. Me go start chiming in, I I chime in. So that was definitely more of a collaborative uh, uh, project. But then the day before, we still didn't have a comedian locked in. We had some comedians on standby, some 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 IG, you know, like some great guys. But we didn't have the comedians. Right. And I'm calling Coach i I'm I'm bothering Coach K every day up until the day before the video. Bro, can we get Will Smith? Can we get Kevin Hart? Can we get... A... And then I don't know what came to me. I was like, yo! <laughs> <laughs> Jamie fucking Foxx. He's like, yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> Call Jamie Foxx. We got him probably midnight, the day before the video. The day of the video. That's wild, um, bro!
1: You got Oscar Award wow. winning now, two-time uh, two-time Oscar two, two Award time, winning two time. actor, you know, comedian, you know,
2: singer extraordinaire, Jamie Foxx, you know, big talent, big talent, and then Quavo put me on group text with Drake. me and Drake were talking. He said that he was going to wear a Jericho and all that kind of like yeah, yeah that's hard. Um, and then. That was a smooth day, man. There was no hiccups. There was no headaches. That was one of the smoothest. Sorry, that was that was one of the smoothest shoots. There was no drama, no nothing. The only drama came on the uh, genius thing I that that, that that spoke about when they somebody <laughs> removed my free Huey poster um, on set. What do you mean someone? Yeah.
1: Removed, what, what do you mean someone <clears throat> removed your your free? What? Talk to me about that. What 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 what
2: happened? So. So, so the video is seventies inspired, right? Right. So, you know me, I like quirky stuff. So, whether it's putting people in the snow or doing this or doing that, I if I can try and put an Easter egg in there. I thought this era was very synonymous with the Black Power struggle, right? And uh, in this living room setup, goes Drake, they got the cognac, they got his his whiskey. I it. was it good? Virginia Black or some shit? Right, Virginia Black. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got this vibe. I thought, well, we need art. We need art on the wall. Let's let's have the art be of the people for the people. Right. Type type shit. So we got the fist. We got the this. We got that. And then one of the posters that I put free Huey. And then on set, it's it's you know how it is. Like the last scene of the day, you're running around. You have ten minutes left to shoot. I'm scrambling, 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 scrambling. I'm in the edit, and I'm talking to the editor like, oh, my guy, where's the where's the free Huey poster? <laughs> He's like, what free? He's like, what free Huey poster? I'm like, free Huey was right there, bro. Go. He's like, there is no free Huey poster. Did
1: someone jack your, did someone jack your poster,
2: bro? Yeah. <laughs> I called the art director. I'm, I'm, I'm steaming. Where's the free Huey poster? <laughs> he's like, <"I'm," laughs> he's like, yo, on set, it was a mad rush. and I forgot to tell you. Somebody came up to me. I won't say who or from where. Someone came up to me and said, take down that poster. No. And they said it so they and they said it so you they didn't want you to know they said it. And it was a mad rush. It was just whatever, who cares? It's just the poster, right? Whatever. Like he didn't know the ramifications for me. Anyway, poster was the poster was cut. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. People really said that my free me poster. Didn't want no problems. But in the moment, I didn't like it. But business-wise, whoever took it down has a product and a brand to protect. If you're investing X amount in your product, you might not want any hiccups. <laughs> right. And that probably wouldn't have given you any hiccups. There's a 99% chance there was no hiccups coming from that. Yes. But there's a chance that someone might have had an issue with it. Yeah. Dude, you never know, man. Especially these days, man. You just never know. Look what happened with
1: Chloe, Chloe Bailey. Uh, dancing to Nina Simone and they ripped her ripped her to shreds like it's too everyone's sexualized problem.
2: like what she's paying homage everyone's always got, <laughs> every, everyone's always got a problem so now yeah. as a businessman I understand you have to protect your investment right anyway dope song it did it did it did what it did it came out banging um yeah man so that was another that was another uh notch not, notch on the belt very well received but I don't think Migos and Drake have missed yet. So that that wasn't a surprise. What was a surprise to me was I felt like, and I don't know how much I care now, but I cared in, in the moments, was there was a stretch where I, I went crazy. Mm. Not, not literally crazy, but I went crazy in terms of my output. And I don't feel like I got certain accolades that I could have got. What do you mean? I never got nominated for certain things I should have been nominated for. But wait, but, now, but, but but hold
1: on though. It's yeah. just business.
2: <laughs> right? It's not. See? In that, in that sense, it is. You're right. But but that's but, but I started realizing it is just business. But, but <laughs> it is just business. But 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 hold on. But but this is this is where this is where
1: I'm trying to come to you, right? I mm, agree with you. Mm. No one owes you shit. Business is
2: business. Yeah. But there's also, yeah.
1: hey, it would be nice if.
2: It would be nice. No, Todd Yeah. That's that taught me another lesson. The other lesson was it really is just business that you pay to play. And whether you're paying monetarily, you're paying with handshakes, or you're paying with shoulder rubs, you're paying with whatever it is, it's something. And then it made me less upset when I realized, oh, <laughs> it's just business.
1: <laughs> so The last question, um, which we always ask our our guests, uh, what's the last, I don't know, dopest, you know, what's the last music video or short film or uh, branded content piece of work that really, like, lick your head off? What's the last bit you watched that had you
2: be like, oh, shit, that shit's crazy? Two days ago, Drake, Future, Young Thug, directed by Dave Myers, Way Too Sexy. Mud. That's the... Mad shout out Kawhi, Demise DeMazi is a problem. He's been a he's he's been a problem. Um, He's 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 a he's a he's a big big problem, bro. (laughs) Yo, DeMazi is a big problem. Yeah, shout out to Dave. Um, he might be he he might he might be he might be a little bit mentally (laughs) deranged. Yeah, that video there, I said, yeah, this is a Mazalino. Former
1: guest of the show
2: yeah yeah, yeah. he he, (laughs) he kicked off
1: our series he kicked off our he kicked off our podcast man and it was a two-parter and it was awesome to hear his stories but yeah man i love the fact again you know it's that 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 curious boy in him that stays pushing these crazy videos for over like what over 2020 over 20 years of just creating visuals that just you know shock your shock your system and just just go for it and uh that's what it's all about, man. Making art that people are gonna have fun, they can escape to, enjoy, laugh, but at the same time being innovative. And again, Debs, uh, thank you for this conversation. Um, like I said, man, just really proud to see how far you come from being a second unit director with X on, you know, uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar, King Kunta to now, you know, shooting your own short films directing in them, own production company and uh i can't wait to see the, what what the future has in store for the the man the the, the myth the legend himself Dap. so again brother thank you for your time to for chatting with dean and i
2: now thank you i appreciate you for having me you know you guys doing a great job on this platform very very interesting story and guests you know it's dope, still it's dope tuning in and also on the side of that one i definitely want to thank you and x Taj for all the all the alley oops and all the lookouts you gave me over the years, you know, definitely, definitely helped out and all part of the process. Respect, King. Well, like I said, bro, one love,
1: and uh, you know, let's 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 keep it going. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nice one. And there you have it. That was crazy, man. My brother Daps, the Nigerian prince, the hustler of hustlers. You know. See him come up, come up the way he came up it's kind of nuts man, creative bro keep a lookout for him, he's got a lot of shit on the go man, and uh, wow thank you again for giving us your time sharing your stories, your, your your highs, your lows, your wins, your losses but positive dude man, and the moral of the story is just keep fighting the fight and uh, believe in yourself um, invest in yourself, bank on yourself count on yourself, and shit will happen alright, and now as always, i like to give you guys a little gem to check out. And uh, I just recently watched this film, okay? Uh, I watched it on Shudder. I just, I just got the Shudder account because Exit did something with AMC, which I can't really get into right now. And they gave me this really awesome account for Shudder. Now, if you don't know what Shudder is, Shudder is like the horror uh, Netflix, where literally you can watch horror films that they made themselves or they have horror films from all over the world. But it's like, if you're a horror fan and fanatic, This place is like the oasis. This is the heavenly garden of hell-seeking, terrifying, incredible movies. And I watched this movie directed by uh, Kim Ji-Woon, okay? And the movie is called I Saw the Devil. And it was insane. Literally, in short, spoiler alert, a serial killer kills... uh, Uh, a woman who happens to be um, the wife of a secret agent, and shit just goes bonkers. It becomes like a cat and mouse uh, chase, but it's like, just imagine if Seven was directed by Tarantino. This movie is bonkers. It came out in 2010. It was just action, drama, a little underlying hint of horror but the shit was just extremely violent but cinematically beautiful and uh i would highly recommend it check it out it's called i saw the devil it's great okay anyway thank you and uh as always see you next time peace